Welcome to episode 47 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play episode 1 of The Wolf Among Us. If you like what you've heard, you can do two things. Join our Discord at leftbehindgame.club. You'll find a big Discord button. Click that to join us. And second, send this show to a friend. As we started through the game, we role-played it in very different ways. Some of us forgot what logic was. I think one of the decisions that kind of jumped at me first was, do you go, like, peek in your ear? Do you kick the door down? Do you open it? Or do you talk? What did you guys do? I kicked the door down. Hell I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a bad, bad wolf, and I kicked yeah. that door right down. Uh, Mike, did you? Uh, the door's unlocked, so you can just open it. Oh, shoot. Oh. Well, <laughs> I, I kicked that some bit down. <laughs> You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. <laughs> Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Chicken McCourt, and today we have two friends. The first friend, you know him, you'll love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a good game. Me too. The second friend is also here to talk about a good video game. His name is Momertati. Good game indeed. Another one, another classic. Whoa. Another classic. It's not what I was expecting from Mo. He usually talks trash when we start, but let's not talk trash about The Wolf Among Us, developed and published by Telltale, released in October of 2013, available on every platform you could ever imagine, including the PlayStation Vita. Gentlemen, let's start with Mo. What do you know about The Wolf Among Us? Um, I... I knew almost nothing about the game. Um, I, all I've seen were like the sales and advertisements on Steam and the Humble Bundle. And I think that's how I actually got my copy. I picked it up, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, I did, I did get it in Humble Bundle. Um, and that's pretty much it. I knew there's a lot of hype around it. They've made several games since, the Telltale crew. Uh, and a lot of people love the games, and I didn't know anything else besides that. Mike? So I played The Walking Dead Season 1 which was, I believe, Telltale's first big game that got them a lot of attention, a lot of investment. Um, I really loved it. It was a really, really good experience. Uh, And aside from that, I don't think I had played any other Telltale games. Um, I had dabbled. I had played an episode of, you know, I think the Back to the Future uh, and the Jurassic Park games that they made. Um, but other than that, I didn't know much about The Wolf Among Us. I did know that it was based on Fables, the graphic novel comic book series, but uh, I wasn't a big reader of that. So, you know, again, I didn't come into it with too much. I just knew it was based on fables and fairy tales and mythology. What about you, Jacob? Um, so I have played a lot of, a, a few of Telltale's games. So like you, I believe I've played season one, season two, and a near front, a new frontier of The Walking Dead. I've also played both Poker Nights at the Inventory because I actually really like totally poker. Totally forgot and about those that games game. for a very short time are like entertaining. Uh, and I've always been curious about The Wolf Among Us. I actually own it on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I own physical copies on both because I'm a moron. Uh, you and do this so often, Jacob, and I, I don't know how you just have this money to burn. Oh, I, I don't. I'm just like, hey, there's a copy of Wolf Among Us for 10 bucks. Let's buy that. And that's why I have so many video games. 
It's a problem. It is a problem. One of, one of these days, my girlfriend is going to come down and be like, hello, Jacob, it's either me or the video game. And to be <laughs> honest with you, I don't know which one I would choose. And that's when you look at and you say, I like bad games. It's my effing problem. <laughs> um, I like what was done there. I think it's it's really worthwhile to note in this case, uh, it's probably the best time to play these titles um, because maybe not the best time, but you know we want to honor what Telltale's done. Uh, they've done a lot of work over the years, um, and with the kind of bad news that came out uh, a few weeks ago, I think I could speak for myself and say that this is probably the best time that we can honor those employees that have worked on tons of projects at Telltale. And the bad news that Jacob's referring to is that... Uh Telltale wasn't able to close a round of investment or funding. Uh, and so uh, the, the news reports that have come out is that uh, almost the entire studio has been laid off. Uh, and it looks like Telltale is closing. So all of their projects, including The Wolf Among Us Season 2, um, will not be coming out. Uh, I think I at least want to give my thoughts and say that I, I hope that those folks land jobs uh, very soon because uh, the, the situation around that is um, is pretty despicable. I'm just talking on... These are my own words. <laughs> but enough about the sad state of affairs of Telltale Games. Let's get into The Wolf Among Us Season 1, Episode 1. What What is The Wolf Among Us, and, and how does it start, Jacob? So, like you alluded to, Mike, it's based off the comic book Fables, which I didn't mention this, I've not had any exposure to. Uh, and essentially, the way the game starts is you play as uh, Bigby. Uh, you're not really given much beyond, hey, you play Bigby until you get a little bit further in. And if you know nothing going into this game, like you're going to be very surprised, because, yo, this game is actually about... All the fables. All of them. Mo? I came in in that same little boot right there. I, I had no idea what to expect. And I, I'm going to throw this in right now. For some reason, when I started this game, I wanted to hate it. Um, <laughs> I, I, it sounds really weird, but because I, 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 I tried to, for the longest time when I wanted to kind of test out the Telltale games, when you guys were kind of throwing it around as an option for us to play, I'm like, let's just see what it is. Let's see if I can mentally get through this. And every, like video explanation review doesn't really explain the game well to someone who knows nothing and never played it, it they just kind of show like hey it's a it's an action adventure game um there's decision making things like that so i knew nothing completely caught off guard surprised and i guess we'll get into it but like a pretty like favorable way uh when we played the game so like you said you start off as big b and he's a wolf uh slash sorry he's a sheriff uh, and you're kind of like a police officer investigating things. Mike? So, you know, we'll, the the premise of the story is that all of the fables have been kicked out of the old world, and yes. uh, a lot of them made their way over to, I guess, North America or New York. Uh, and the witches have put a spell over a portion of New York, so that way Fable Town is is hidden from the Mondays. Mondays are code for the regular people, the average the the you and the me. And uh and each of the each of these fabled characters uh have to pay for glamours which allow them to walk about the daily lives looking like a normal person when underneath they are a troll, a, a leprechaun, a, a mythical creature, uh, a big bad wolf, one might mm -hmm. say. Um, and so the premise is that, um, you know, all of these characters are trying to live together and because they don't have, you know, they're, they're not able to go to the normal, um, 
normal authorities to help with dispute resolution. They have their own sheriff. And the sheriff of Fable Town is Bigby Wolf, the big bad wolf. Uh, and then, you know, you come to find out that there are some, some other areas where the fables go, like the trolls or, or the giants, the ones that can't blend in, go upstate New York to the farm. Uh, and so it's, it's an ever looming threat that if you don't fit in in fable town, you get sent to the farm. I don't know about you guys, but I got a lot of Harry Potter vibes from this. And I know what you're thinking. It's like, Jacob, you always get Harry Potter vibes from everything. But hear me out. Only because of, you know, being hidden in plain sight. You know, we've got the, the Mundies versus the Fables that are trying to conceal their identities with glamours. Like, I just got a huge Harry Potter, like, the world is magic. But, yo, this game is not for children. This is a rated R experience. And that's something that completely caught me off guard as well, because for some reason I was like, if it's a game that's like so well recepted, lots of people love it, I was expecting like a PG-ish game, but as soon as you start the game, you're getting into a bloody fist fight, sl- slamming a guy in the back of the head with an axe and going through his skull. Like, it's graphic, and I guess the graphic part leads us into the aesthetic itself. It's like very comic book styled uh, gameplay. It's like two, like a moving 2D game, kind of, sort of, uh, with a little bit of 3D uh, action as well. Um, how else would you guys like describe the actual gameplay in the game? It definitely uses uh, like the cell shading technique, um, and, and I think the best that I've ever seen a game look like a comic book. They do incredible, incredibly good use of lighting and color. Um, where each time the camera moves, it looks like a different pane in a comic. And you can see how this was maybe initially storyboarded as a comic uh, and and how they translated it into the game with different camera cuts. And I I think it looked fantastic. It definitely has a very neo-noir, you know, take take on it. Um, And, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, movies like Chinatown. Um, from from like a thematic feel lived experience of the game. Yeah, there's a lot of neon in at least the opening of the episode, and I actually got like Blade Runner vibes just from like all the use of neon in that one. Uh, I think it's worthwhile to note that if you've played any of the other like Telltale Tool games. They, the company has their own internal engine where they, that's kind of what they develop from. So a lot of their games look very samey, but I don't remember any Telltale game looking as good as this one, as you've alluded to. You know, there is some issues when it starts to move, but it just looks so good. Absolutely agree. Um, it, it looks fantastic. It, it definitely caught me by surprise because I was expecting your typical Telltale um, visuals. Uh, and, and it seems like they really spent a lot of time with the, the art direction and, and thinking about how they can make this look like the graphic novel or, or comic books that it was based off of. Mm-hmm. Because I, I played uh, The Walking Dead on PlayStation 3. I believe all three seasons that I played on PlayStation 3. And, you know, it, it didn't look great. It didn't move great. You don't come to a Walking Dead game or a Telltale game for the graphics. Um, also want to say... I think Walking Dead is one of the best stories in games the first season, but let's just table that for now. Um, just before we get into the actual game itself, gentlemen, how did you play this one? I'll start and just say I played it on Xbox One. Uh, Mike? I played it on Xbox One as well. Mo? 
Uh, and of course, I played it as any true PC Master Race would. Mouse and keyboard, Steam was my weapon of choice. Before we get into it, though, what did the interface look like for you? Because I know, obviously, for us, everything's tied to buttons. You're using a mouse and keyboard. What does it look like? Um, it's the exact same. Um, there's no real... Your, your movements are with your WASD keys to move back around. And then in terms of, like, when the... I guess, the, what's, what's, the, what's the word for the type of fighting sequences that happen uh, I call them QTEs yeah yeah so the, when the quick time events happen it would be like if you had to slide to the left it would be press A if you want to slide to the right press D and then when you had to like aim somewhere and punch you have to point with your mouse and then left click to punch the guy in the face or whatever it is um, so I, I, and to be honest I wasn't expecting it at all I think while uh, in the first mission when you kind of confront the woodsman um, the first kind of bad guy you kind of go up against I was just watching my screen enjoying the the voice acting and the storytelling just sitting back in the screen and all of a sudden it's like mash Q mash Q and I'm like oh my god I think I got pun- <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I got punched in the face because I didn't like hit Q <laughs> quick enough yeah I think it's really worthwhile to know that like the action for at least the, like the first 20 minutes is incredibly directed and like like most of it is just you fighting, you know, after you confront Mr. Toad in an apartment building, you go up and like you said, Mo, you confront the woodsman in a in a fight that gets pretty brutal pretty quick. And so why are you brought to the building? Was there like a phone call saying there's a trouble happening upstairs by the toad manager, the building manager, and then you show up and you're like, hey, man, what's going on? And you notice the toad looks like a toad and you're like, (laughs) yo, bro, where's your glamour? How come you don't look like a human? And then he's like, hey, man, it's expensive. You can't (laughs) buy glamour anywhere. He's got a really good, uh, I guess, Cockney accent. Uh, And then... I think one of my favorite lines is Big B says, like, why is there a three-foot toad standing in front of me? That was the option that you get to choose. Like, one of the things you say is, there's a three-foot toad standing in front of me. Why do you look like that? I definitely picked (laughs) the exact same one you did. I was like, there's a three-foot toad standing in front of me. What the hell's going on? (laughs) They do a really good job explaining... Um, you know the whole concept of glamours and 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 the the tension between having to pay for them and, and it being expensive, uh, right from the get go. They they set up the world really really well. Um, even though I, I didn't quite know which Mister Toad from you know fable or fairy tale he yeah. belonged to. I want to ask you alluded to being rude to Mister Toad uh, with Big B. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I've decided like I already know how I'm gonna play my Big B. Do you do this in in games where you have like Paragon Renegade choices, a la Mass Effect? Absolutely. You you have to you have to pick. Are you going to role play the character, and what character are you playing? Mm-hmm. So, Jake, so, what what kind of player? What kind of Big B are you being? I want to be a a big jackass. Like I've decided already that I want to be like the gruff, like no nonsense, like bends the rules sometimes to get his way kind of big B. Um, so like, I'm going to be a jerk to everybody, but I'm going to get the job done. You're going to huff and pluff and, and blow their house down if they don't do what you need. Yes. Also thought it was hilarious. The cigarettes are called huff and puff in this world. <laughs> I thought One it was the great until they drew attention to it. Mo, what kind of uh, big bad wolf are you going to be? Okay, so one of the things I love about this game is like how I am believing that I am Big B Wolf. And a part of me wants to be, you know what, the lawful person is trying to actually help the town out, trying to turn a new leaf. Because kind of the storyline that, that keeps popping up in this first episode is everyone's scared of you because you're the big bad wolf. You're going to punch everyone in the face to get your way. And in my head, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to be the actual good police officer. I'm going to not punch people in the face. 
initially though when you start fighting the huntsman my adrenaline was going so I was punching him <laughs> in the face throwing him everywhere like being like total like disrespectful and then afterwards when I started realizing this is what they're expecting from the big bad wolf I'm like ah then I'm not going to be that so for me right. I'm being the firm yet if I can be patient and like let things slide or find an easier happy path I'm going to follow that happy path so that's that's mine so far that, that's Mike that's a, that's a good path, Mo, and it's not the path that I was expecting from you. I was expecting you to, to break things. I was expecting you to beat people up. I was expecting you to you know use any gun that you could find. Um, <laughs> my playthrough is I am trying to be the sympathetic, lawful uh, Big Bad Wolf, trying to, to turn a new leaf, uh, be as... Uh, you know, he's a sheriff. He's trying. To, I, I think in this case, he's trying to be as lawful as he can. Um, so I, I don't try and break the rules or be unfair or beat someone up unless it is necessary. Um, so which, I think what you're saying is that you guys are softies. <laughs> you could say <laughs> my big bad wolf is a soft boy. Okay, um, it's it's really weird because typically, like you guys, I usually play that role where I'm like. No, I have to be good, and I have to, like, be a role model for children. And in this game, for some reason, I'm like, no, I want to be a big jerk. And maybe it's the voice acting for Bigby and how, like, gruff and, like, perfect it is for his role. I, I, I think the voice acting works really well when you're trying to be a sympathetic Big Bad Wolf as well. Like, the, the voice actor is very good at, you know, getting across, like, look, man, I don't want to have to give you a hard time. I'm just trying to be here and do my job. I'm just trying to to get to the bottom of, you know, what you come to find out is uh, is a murder or serial murders, and uh, and it uh, yeah it definitely definitely comes across that like he doesn't want to be this way if you choose those options. Mo, did you find that same thing? Yeah, it's very similar. But I, I can't emphasize enough to anyone listening if you haven't played the game. This the voice acting in in The Wolf Among Us, at least for me, felt like it was probably one of the best written and performed voice acting for each character independently throughout this episode the characters kind of if they're if they're intending to like care about something you actually believe it if they're it's it's really tough especially like if you're seeing a live action person like acting and you see their facial expressions you can kind of read a lot of stuff from their body language that was conveyed perfectly i think in the wolf among us specifically when they're kind of hinting you that maybe this person's a bad guy maybe this person's not a bad guy and the one thing i'm touching on is near the end when you confront the 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 woodsman or the huntsman um and he, he's shocked that you're kind of confronting him about something and he seems kind of genuinely like in disbelief he you it's very believable and a lot of the characters are very believable in their situation and uh the interactions that you have with the wolf yeah i think given the limitations of the visuals like as far as the characters animate like you've stated mo it is like well written and well delivered as far as voices go and like they do the best they can with the actual animations of the characters faces um but yeah stellar and that's why i want to be just a big old jack in this one (laughs) the the voice direction in this game and the voice actors are definitely amazing um I, i have to agree with you guys there it really stuck out to me uh when i turned the subtitles on um, because I like to make sure I'm, I'm not mishearing something and that, you know, I can tell exactly what's being said. And when you see the subtitles and then you hear the delivery, it stands out so much more just how, you know, well they do their job. 
Yeah, I usually play games like with subtitles on just to like, kind of help follow through. Just the same way, the same logic you explained, Mike. But I didn't do it with this game so far. But for the next couple episodes, I'm definitely going to flip that switch because I get that same thing. It's so much, it, you kind of, you never miss anything. And like some of the stuff they maybe articulate not that well in the audio, you kind of pick up with the, the written text. Um, how should we kind of go about this? Do, should we go about some of the big decisions first or kind of walk through the, the missions themselves? Uh, I think we should walk through the story. So, okay. so you're called to uh, essentially the slum apartments that Mr. Toad runs. And he says, you know, Big B, you have to get over here. He's tearing this place apart. This is the last straw. You hear, you hear, <laughs> you know, stuff being thrown out the window. Uh, when you arrive, you, you, know, you walk through the door, you're talking to a three foot toad in front of you. And you see a TV crash through the window and land behind you onto the sidewalk. And so, you know, after you're done getting the lay of the land from Mr. Toad, you go upstairs to the apartment and you find the woodsman um, or Woody, as they like to call him, (laughs) um, with uh, a girl that you come to find out her name is Faith. One thing, Mike, while you're walking up the stairs, when you're you kind of hear the commotion and you hear like a big man yelling and hitting someone. I think one of the decisions that kind of jumped at me first was, do you go like peek in your ear? Do you kick the door down? Do you open it or do you talk? What did you guys do? I kicked the door down. Hell yeah. I'm a a bad, bad wolf. And I kicked that door right down. (laughs) Kicked that door way down. That was my first chance to like show some aggression. And I was this big sheriff and I heard a commotion. Uh, Mike, did you? Uh, the door is unlocked, so you can just open it. Oh shoot! Oh. Well, <laughs> I, I kicked that some bit. <laughs> so it sounds like almost we're like if we're on a scale of morality, like I'm on one end, Mike, you're like on the other end, and Mo, you're like oscillating in the middle. Yes, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm trying to figure out who I am, what kind of wolf I am. If I'm the big bad wolf, or if I'm the big nice bad wolf. So you come in, and uh, it's Faith and Woody, and that's when you immediately uh, see that uh, Faith has, like, a bunch of bruises on her face. Right, Mo? Yeah, exactly. So there, she seems like she's been in a little scuffle. The huntsman seems like he's been in a little scuffle as well, and they're fighting. And I think immediately kind of jumps into him, like, yelling at her or saying some bad stuff. And that's when you get prompted to kind of see if you can de-escalate the situation, like, tell him to shut up, stop calling her the B-word, or, like, push him and punch him. Uh, more or less, you kind of get into the, the big kind of fight with the huntsman um, about their argument because you can't figure out what's going on no one's telling you a straight answer of what the fight is about you just know he's really pissed off and he's about to attack the girl so i made the decision i'm we're scrapping like he needs to calm down and this is the only way to do it with the fists of steel and the claws of the wolf um so that's when that big uh the term evades me again yeah the quick time event happens and you start throwing around the apartment bashing his head in punching him in the face and uh i guess you get, go flying out the window is where it kind of leads to. I don't know if I skipped too much there, but... No, no I no, mean, all yeah. you do is fight, right? And then, so you go out the window, and then once you go out the window, I, I think the woodsman basically grabs you by the neck and starts choking you, and that's when you start to see... You don't immediately know. If you know nothing about the game, you don't know he's the big bad wolf yet. Yeah. You, you don't know for sure. I think they're yeah. alluding to the fact that he may be not exactly what he's sharing. So his eyes start turning green, and that's when um, Faith, who's with you, takes the axe that the woodman ha- woodsman has and just, like, impales him on the top of the head with the axe. And what you think kills him, right? 
Yeah, that's kind of surprised the heck out of me because I said, okay, she just murdered someone. I'm going to have to cuff her and take her in because <laughs> she puts the axe through his like skull. Like I think it goes like a third of the way in his head and for some reason everyone's just okay with it. They assume that he's going to be fine and that's when you realize, oh, they're mythical creatures. Maybe it doesn't affect them as much or whatever it was, but that's an instant like game over blow right there. <laughs> if, it was a norm- if it was a Monday, they would have been dead. Yeah, but, GG. But because they are uh, a fabled creature uh, or part of a fable, they they can take a beating, which is one of the things, again, you find out very early in the game that, that you know comes to be a part of the story later on. Um, so once once that wraps up, essentially where you go is your... Is it your partner that comes get you, to get you first, or you go to the business office first? Well, uh, f- at first, you're trying to figure out who the girl is. Um, and, and, you know, you, you ask some questions, and she is talking around, giving you an answer. Uh, and what, essentially, what she points to is the ribbon on her neck uh, and the the ring that's that's on it, um, which, you know, you're, you're able to then go and, and Jacob take it from there. Uh, yeah, so so like I said, once you figure out, you, you kind of get an idea. She doesn't tell you who she is, but you're like, I don't know who you are. Uh, what you end up doing is you go back to the business office, um, which is being uh, managed by Ichabod Crane. Mo? Is before that, though, you right before you kind of go your separate ways, um, you have that one big decision that comes up, which and it's one of the decisions that you get to see at the end of the playthrough. It's, it asks you, did you give Faith your money? Because she says... I needed to get money from the woodsman, and I didn't get it, um, so I don't know what's going to happen. It prompts you, do you give her money? Do you just say, ah, tough luck? Or do you just kind of move on or whatever? So I want to know what you guys did first. Jacob? I didn't give her any money. I'm a, I need my, my own money for smokes. Michael? Uh, I'm cheap. I did not give her any money. And neither did. Uh, money is hard to make. <laughs> you need to work harder, lady. So it so, sounded uh, like we sided with 53.5% of the audience, so we're all cheap. On Steam, it says you and 15.5% of players held on to your money. Ooh, so it must be platform agnostic then. Yeah, because on PC, it seems like everyone's just giving money away because of how cheap <laughs> Steam games are. They're like, eh, whatever. It cost me like a dollar to get this game. Might as well give her the extra. You got to have a lot of money to play on PC. You pay for the hardware, not the software. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. So the business office. <laughs> yes, finally. Okay. And that's oh. who, when you discover who your partner is. And yo, your partner, it's Snow White. That was one of my favorite things ever. Because when she said, my name is Snow, because they don't say Snow White. She's like, my name is Snow. And I'm like, there's no way. No way. Where are the dwarves? Where are the, the dwarves? <laughs> I, I was like, for some reason, pleasantly surprised. Like, this is so cool. They are fables. Because I didn't really like connect the dots yet until I saw Snow White. Because you see the toad. You see the uh, the woodsman. But I, I couldn't remember really that much of it. I know there's the wolf, but I didn't know anything coming into this game once again. I didn't know there was fable-based or anything. I just thought there were random mythical creatures. But once I saw Snow White, I'm like, ah, okay, it all makes sense. I see where all the characters are coming from. This is the kind of like the f- cherry on the Sunday where it all came together for me so once it all came together um snow white your partner you're at the business office you essentially have the option to engage with some people that are waiting outside i guess to talk to the interim mayor um i guess we're alluded to the fact that there was a turnover in government recently and ichabod crane is now the interim mayor for the time being yeah so ichabod crane is the interim mayor and that's when you go to the business office and that's where all of fable town's records are held Okay, so before we go any further, did you guys recognize Ichabod Crane? Did you know where he was from? 
not a remote idea whatsoever and I didn't know until you finally open up that book of like fables I don't know if you guys saw the big giant one where it has every single character on there in their fable form that's when I kind of noticed it and that's besides that I wouldn't have known no I, I didn't recognize him at all and I had no idea where he was from except here's a fun fact he is the voice of the guy on the phone in the screen movies I just wanted to throw that out there <laughs> very random very random nice fun facts um, so I, I definitely recognize the name, but I could not place what story Ichabod Crane was from. So the, the moment that you open up the book of fables where all the characters are in one frame and you see him being chased by the headless horseman, that's when it all clicked. And I was like, ah, oh, that's where he's from. No wonder he's a coward. No wonder, you know, you come to find out that he's a bit of a weasel. See, yeah, for wait, some reason, what, what story is that from? I still don't know. <laughs> the headless horseman? Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. I don't know it's fables that well. Oh, yeah. Well, he's from there. I, I for for some reason I heard the name and I saw his like role in the game. I thought for some reason I just wanted to go to like to the Scrooge guy, Scrooge, <laughs> man. and uh, no reason whatsoever. It just kind of he looked like him, and I didn't recognize the name, so I thought maybe it was like a different name for him. So you explore this business office to try and figure out who Faith is. Um, Buffkin the monkey, I guess, is a flying monkey. Helps you discover this and also from the, the land of Oz as well. Sorry, oh, Buffkin from the land of Oz. Oh, you're going to help us put all this together, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. But, but before before I help you put it all together, um, as you unveil characters, as you meet more people along the way, or hear more about them. Uh, you get this little notification that there's a, a new entry in the Book of Fables that's been updated. And you can go in and see uh, very short profiles on all of the different characters that you meet and uh, start piecing together what what story they're from and, and what some of the backstory is that you might not get in your actions with them through the game. Yeah, I kind of like how they did that. I saw the little blurbs coming up. I didn't check it, but I knew like once I finish an episode, I want to be able to go through them. So it was really cool. As soon as something happened, I knew something was Fable-related, and that's why it triggered the event. I thought it was really nice that they added that supplemental info to kind of give you that full understanding of each character, where they're from, and why they're doing what they're doing within the series itself. Me Not too, only right? that, but also some elements of the world. So like that's where you find out what Mondays are because they, they just drop, oh yeah, end of Mondays, <coughs> but you don't know what that actually means. But the Book of Fables actually helps fill that in too. I didn't know what Mondays are until Mike started talking about it. So <laughs> now, now I know. But that would require you to read, Mo. Yeah. Precisely. Um, you, well, I knew one thing. The mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell us who's the prettiest of them all. Uh, <laughs> the mirror that was in the office. When I saw that, I'm like, I know that one. And you want to know what, why I knew that one? Uh, it's from Snow White, right? Well, I really knew it from Shrek because it, <laughs> it was a very big, big thing in Shrek. And he kind of looked like the one from Shrek, too. So it was really cool. My favorite part of that is the interactions between the mirror and Bigby because, like, Bigby is a no-nonsense kind of fella and the magic mirror is almost requiring him to, like, speak in rhyme to get anything from the mirror and Bigby, like, is being forced to talk in rhyme and I was just like, I'm like, this interaction is perfect. I want to play this game, Mo. It's, it's the writing, too. Like, it just it seems like a genuine interaction as if you were the wolf and you, you were confronted with, like, a magical mirror that you just, for some reason, accept just works. And it's like, it's, it's, it's like normal conversation between, like, a guy who just has no tolerance for this type of stuff and a mirror that's like, hey, man, this is the rules. You got you to gotta, you gotta rhyme to me, man. Spit some bars or you're not going to get some truth. <laughs> 
Um, so once you find out who Faith is, and you actually find that out by you know exploring, I think it's worthwhile to note in the Telltale games you get an inventory. It's usually a small inventory, so you can pick some things up. In this case, I think you can pick up like a tarot card. Um, you can pick up some other things later, but there's like five or six items you can pick up. You'll find out who Faith is, um, and then from there you'll kind of go back and decide what you want to do, right? So you find out that she is the donkey girl, uh, and and the legend is of um, her father, after looking for uh, you know the, the next fairest lady of the land after his wife dies, uh, the search concludes that it's his daughter. And so to escape, she kills, I think, his prized donkey, uh, wears, his, wears the skin of the donkey as an invisibility cloak, and escapes... Uh, and then I think marries Prince uh, Prince Lazarus. No, Prince Lawrence. Lawrence. Prince Lawrence. Prince that's Lawrence. It. Um, I'm mixing my mythologies up. <laughs> um, so marries Prince Lawrence, and he saves her, and they live happily ever after. Um, until I guess you have to go and decide whether you're going to go and meet, go and go and talk to Prince Lawrence. Or go back to the house and talk to Mr. Toad because he calls you in a huff saying, Bigby, he's back. There's, you know, they're, they're fighting again. There, there's, you know, stuff's happening. You got to get here. I think we've forgotten something like very important here. Um, exploring the apartment complex where we find out that Faith spoilers yo by the way we're gonna spoil this whole series so if you're not interested in getting spoilers you may want to stop right here uh play the game and then come back uh yo but faith gets killed mo yeah uh, that was that's kind of that was i think we skipped it really early but once you're walking out you are sorry when you snow white comes and meets you she says hey there's something outside and you see faith's head on the front of your apartment complex just bare by itself like as if it was left like Godfather style. Like here, this is the head of someone. No one knows what's going on. They also tell you this is the first time that one of the fables is like murdered or killed. So it's a very big deal, and it's the first time any of them have confronted this type of like situation, this traumatic type of event. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't. I think after that, that's when you kind of start investigating more and more, try to figure out like what could have done this. It was a clean slice of the head. Um, it's definitely Faith because it's her head there. And you're kind of starting your investigation, like, holy crap, who could it be? You're trying to find a, a, something that kind of leads you down the right path. Before that as well, uh, you, when you were walking, because I don't want to miss anything, because near the end there's a lot of other stuff that like, ties into it. You find another girl waiting outside of your apartment, uh, and it's you find out her name is Beauty. And it's the Beauty and the Beast. She has her her husband as well, the the Beast. And she's kind of scurrying it out in the middle of the night. Um, and not wanting you to see her and you come to find you have to make the decision like hey she asks you don't tell beast that i'm running out in the middle of the night and you have to decide do you tell him do you hide it from her do you keep the secret and she scurries along randomly and doesn't give you any information she just tells you to trust her and she kind of leaves so it's there's a lot of characters that keep jumping in you never know what's going on but everything seems shady um hopefully that kind of clarifies the the faith head murder situation yeah, and that's so what think, starts your investigation. I think what I just want to kind of l- let's just set the timeline. So you have the fight against the woodsman, then you go to your apartment complex where you discover outside there's been a murder and there's a head sitting outside your apartment complex. Then you go to the business office and then you're given two options of what to do next. Um, before we go there, um, Mo, you talked about Beauty and the Beast. What did you guys do? Because that was the second choice that you were given. So I'll start with myself. I stayed out of it. I did not. I'm like, I'm not doing this. 
I don't want to be part of this. Mo, what'd you do? Um, she's like, this is where like the voice acting kind of convinced me to do my decision. Um, she seemed like she genuinely wasn't like out to do any harm and there's some kind of issue and she needed to take care of it. And the way she asked like, Hey, please don't tell beast. It didn't seem malicious or anything. It seemed like she just needed to take care of something. So I lied to him and said that I haven't seen her. I told him like, just, I don't know, nothing. Just let him go. Um, so I definitely, I said, I lied to him. That was the decision I chose. Mike. Yeah. So I told her I wouldn't say anything. And then I lied to him. Uh, and you know, it brings up that one of the things that I really like about this game is that saying nothing is like a real option. Um, and, you know, choosing not to choose is an option in this game. It doesn't feel like that in many others. The other cool thing about those decisions that you make is the notification that gets alerted once you choose one. It doesn't really tell you if it's bad or good. It'll just say, like, um, the toad will remember this, or beauty recognize that, or she'll she's happy that you noticed something, or you told her the truth. It's very ambiguous responses, and you never know. Is this going to be a positive outcome? Is this going to be a negative outcome? That doesn't tell you anything, and I think it adds to the suspense and the mystery of the game. Like you don't know what's going to happen, but just keep moving forward, and you'll figure it out. Yeah, and there's there's been a lot of internet humor since the release of The Walking Dead many many years ago, where kind of the he will remember this thing really became something that was prominent. Because to me, that's something that is like, if you talk about Telltale games, that is almost like one of the number one things you talk about is choice. And although, if you went behind the scenes, I'm sure there's. Like, it can only branch so many different ways, but there are branching paths that are created based on the decisions that you make. So it sounds like even here, I was thinking, oh, we made the same choice, but even the small differences between our choice were two different choices. Uh, so just to keep track with the chronological order you kind of built up, Jacob, um, after you uh, get that phone call from the toad and uh, you're trying to investigate the murder with the, the head that you found outside, you have to do, you get two options. This is the first time where they make you decide, like fork in the road, go left or right. You either go to the the home of Faith and Prince Lawrence to try to figure out what's happening there or you respond right away to the toad who's having an issue right now um, at his house. One thing to add to this as well, when you, I don't know if you guys looked in the mirror, but you actually see Prince Lawrence is like him sitting in a chair with a bloody sword near his feet. So that's another thing that entices you saying, holy crap, that's a very good lead. He definitely was involved in some way with the murder. So it's a, it actually makes it a genuine decision. Like, do you go approach this murder right now or do you help the guy who's in immediate trouble that you know of? Um, I personally went to Toad right away. Um, I kind of left Prince Lawrence because I said he's not going anywhere. That was my thought process. Jacob, what'd you do? I went to Prince Lawrence first just because, like, I hate Mr. Toad and I didn't want to have to deal with him. <laughs> I love Mr. Toad. He's pretty cool. I love this, like, his sass. He's a very <laughs> sassy man. Mike? Awesome. So, I, I don't love Mr. Toad, but it sounded like Mr. Toad's needs were more pressing. So, I, I went to his first. Yes. And then I figured I'd always be able to circle back and go to Lawrence. Okay, so two against one. We should talk about Mr. Toad first. Why don't you guys lead the way because you chose to go see him first? Um, I'll, I'll chime in, Mike. If I miss anything, just feel free to finish it off. So when you approach to the apartment, you're kind of bringing snow with you as well. And you see, you see the damage that you did. You broke a hole through the roof where you fell out and landed on the car. And as you walk into the uh, apartment complex, you see like some random guy walking around upstairs. So I went straight upstairs right away. And as you're walking into the upstairs floor, there's no one in the, the room itself. Um, and you're kind of confused, like, what what the heck is going on? 
you also have an interaction with Toad, and Toad keeps like pretending like nothing's happening, and he says like, "Oh, there's no one here. Sorry, I called you by mistake." But it's very suspicious, and it seems like he's lying to you. So you spend this next little sequence like investigating his like room, and you kind of I caught him at least in a bunch of lies, and that's where my interactions happen. Like you'd see a broken lamp, and you say, "Why is there a broken lamp?" And he's like, "Oh, just shuffling around furniture." And then like you call eventually you call him out on that because you realize the lamp was in the living room and it was thrown because of the distance of them apart and also his little son poor little son was crying when he first walked in and there's no direct answer as to why he's crying or what's going on um yeah. I, I mike you can chime in from here if you'd like no I, I think you did a really good job summarizing it uh you know you you end up i think you get the option to intimidate him and to i think potentially beat him up a little bit um but you know you can just completely trap him in lies yeah, so that's the path I kind of went on. I I chose not to like put hands on this little frog for the entire time. <laughs> Yo, I put my hands on this frog. He's a toad, Mo. He's not a frog. Yeah, so I there because there's so many options. Like when you get the three like choices or whatever, option one would be like to say something like snarky, say something nice, or put paws on the kid. And you get that like six different times where you have the chance to kind of like either shake him up, intimidate him, or whatever. And finally, once you discover all like the little evidence pieces and you caught him and catch him in so many lies, the only option you have left is like hit him or intimidate him. So I chose like to intimidate him and you start growling and you choke him out and you're like lifting him. And that's when his son walks out in the room and sees you and he's like, he gets, becomes terrified of you because you're the big bad wolf now. And um, even Snow White's like, what are you doing? Put him down. Once the sequence happens, you realize that he's bleeding from his head, and he, you think it's from you, but really it's from someone else. Um, he said, "Yeah, he was attacked by someone." And I think this is a time when you are you do you investigate like a one of the closets or something, and a big giant burly man just bursts out of the closet, and you start chasing him through the side streets of the apartment complex. Oh snap! Okay, so there is a bit of a difference. Okay. Yeah. So I'll maybe just finish this, and then we'll kind of move on. Because uh, so you're chasing one of these big little fat little guys, and you you don't know what's going on. A lot of the quick action sequences are happening, like you're dodging things being thrown at you, you're sliding up railings, you're running around, and finally you catch him, and you're like the big wolf or whatever and he says uh dumb and you're like no what are you, who are you calling dumb he's like no I, i'm d he's dumb and then tweedle dumb is behind him his twin punches you knocks you out and you're out cold until snow eventually wakes you up and after that i think that's when i went to the prince lawrence's camp so i'll kind of pass it on to you with how you started the the prince lawrence side so one thing i just want to say before that happened is so i went I went to the other one first, so the difference for me is there's no, obviously no one at Toad's apartment. So when you go to Prince Lawrence's first, the way you go is is you're basically given the opportunity to go into his apartment. Um, the door is locked. So you go around, and you see that there's a window that you could potentially climb through. So you and Snow both climb through the window, and that's when you smell, like, degrading flesh. There are flies everywhere, and you're like, oh, snap, there's a dead body here. Mo. I want Mike. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I might have jumbled up the story. Was Tweedledum at the uh, Prince Lawrence's house, or was he at the Toad's house? I feel like my memory is killing me. I th- um, Jacob, did he jump out of a closet? In no, he actually uh, came uh, into the apartment when I was at Lawrence's apartment. So he, I'm in the apartment, and someone starts knocking on the door. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I th- I'm confused. I want to say... Could it be two... Could it be two separate... Depending on what order you do them in? Could it be the, Could it be different? 
I, I guess so. We'll just go from there, I guess. I, I can't remember. But regardless, you chase him down and you get beat up by his twin. Yeah. So the way it works is you start looking around, you find a handgun, you find a knife, you see blood on the floor, you see a bullet in the wall, you see a picture of Lawrence and Faith together, and then what happens is uh, after you pull the bed down and see you see a suicide note, almost immediately like you hear this like you, or at least snow goes up to Lawrence and like he blinks once, and then you hear like a. <laughs> And he like, hey yo, he's not dead. Yeah, yo, Lawrence is alive. And then, um, and then, Mike? Big B turns to Snow and says, "Go quick, go get, uh, go get the doctor." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think you both come to the realization. Oh, really? Because I told her, "Wait, I'm like, nah, he's good." Like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> some more? <laughs> no, I got we got him. So I got him some water to kind of help him talk because we realized he was awake too. And then like you had to go get something for him to drink. And for our playthrough, or I guess my playthrough, because I don't know if Mike had the same thing, but you have only one chance to ask him one thing. Um, I eventually asked him, like, who's your boss? No. Who did this to you? That was the question I asked. And he said, Faith. Faith did this to me. Oh, snap. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's what he, he said. He said, Faith did this. Uh... Uh, but does he mean like in my playthrough he or emotionally he, did this? Yeah, he he didn't say faith did this. He just did says faith. Who, yeah, he said faith. Yeah. Okay. You ask him, those you ask those, him those who, are very different things. Like I can totally imagine that a man's faith. dying breath would be the dying word would be the name of his love. I guess, but I took it as faith did this. She murdered me in cold blood. That's. <laughs> so, yeah, which, uh, you know, you do a little bit of snooping around the apartment after he dies, and you see, you find a bullet lodged in the wall uh, in the place that it would be if he shot himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's pretty clear that it's a suicide attempt and not a murder. Yeah, and a really bad one at that. Um, so that's when you uh, hear knocking at the door, and you go and hide in the closet, and you actually look through the closet... And you kind of see who you figure out is Tweedledee um, kind of snooping around and checking things out. And at that point, Prince Lawrence, like, takes the gun in his hand to be like, I want to be able to defend myself. I'll play dead, but, like, let me have this gun. Whoa. Uh, did that happen for you? No, not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that um, th- once he said his last word um, and said it with faith or whatever, that was it for him. He was, he was toast and, like... That was the end of it. Because one of the, like, uh, at the end, I think one of the things that popped up is, like, the, not the achievement, but, like, one of the choices was I didn't save Prince Lawrence or something. So Ooh. I used... Okay, because I saved him. Yeah, because I think it's because we went to the Toad first. That's why we didn't end up saving him. So there's no time. He was already dead by then. Mike, did you save Prince Lawrence or no? I couldn't save him. Right. So the what happens is, it was actually one of the coolest moments in this whole episode, is you see Tweedledum, like, find the suicide note on the bed, and, like, you have to be watching with almost two eyes like a toad. Uh, you have to watch Tweedledee and what he's doing, but then you slowly see Prince Lawrence bring the gun up to his head and go to, like, kill himself, and that's when you have the moment where you have to decide, like, am I gonna stay here and watch Lawrence kill himself, or am I gonna exit this this closet to be able to save him, and I- I'm not gonna lie, like, I kind of broke character there, and like, broke my in-game character and tried to save Prince Lawrence. So you exit, and that's when you start chasing after Tweedledee. Yeah, so I think that that, that was the confusion I had. I think we, we also chased down 
uh, Tweedledee, but he was in Prince Lawrence's house in a closet, and mm-hmm. we didn't like find him until the very end of all of this because mm-hmm. I think one of the interactions is investigate the closet door, and it scared the crap out of me because I, I was just ex- I was expecting no, no surprises in the game whatsoever. So I opened the door, and boom, this random person runs out. So that was that was a correction. Um, okay. He didn't pop out in the toad; he popped out now. But he, there was no other interaction besides a random person jumping out and starting running down the alleyway. Mm-hmm. So I think from there. Um, once you, as you've said, Mo, you you get you confront Tweedledum, you get beaten down, and from there your only path forward uh, in my playthrough was you know going to the bar where the woodsman is, where you kind of saw in the magic mirror, oh he's here, let's go to that bar and confront him. To me, that's your only option moving forward, Mo. I think also Tweedledee mentions the bar as well when you're kind of interrogating him on the wall. Um, so that was also one of the decisions. You see that the woodsman is somewhere, but you don't really know where. And then this guy says he might he's sometimes at the bar. And that's when you move over there. Oh, and see, I didn't get any of that because I immediately punched Tweedle oh. um, in the face. <laughs> okay, you got to talk, man. You got to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, so that's when I think I got you know hit in the back of the head. Like, I heard nothing just because I'm like, aggression, boof. Uh, I might actually play more aggressive next, like, next no, episode. No, don't. You're losing out if you do. Why? I just, I'll, I'm going to be like the... Multiple personality wolf. Uh, you take a taxi t- with Snow White to this bar, and one of the final decisions you make in this episode is Snow White asks you who you think the prime suspect is in this in this murder case for Faith. And I don't know about you guys, but I, like many of the ones on my platform, said nothing. It's the first time I said nothing really? in the whole episode. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, who's Bluebeard? I don't know who that is. So I totally agreed with you that, like, oh, why would I be throwing Bluebeard under the bus right now? He has not come into play at all this episode. No one has mentioned his name. I have no reason to suspect him, um, aside from having the name of a pirate, which is not someone that you can trust. Mo? Uh, I chose Bluebeard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, let me explain my very random logic. Just like you, Jacob, I had no, I didn't have any like logical reason to blame anyone yet. There's no like solid proof any which way. Um, there was one envelope in your like room very early on, like one of your case folders that said Bluebeard is like up to no good or something like that. So I was like, oh, maybe it's like foreshadowing or something. And the fact that he was an option and the very last option, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll like hit a home run by selecting the actual person right now and like unlock something. So because I didn't know anyone and I wanted to pick something, I picked him out of like just the co- coincidence that his name was brought up early on and I remembered it. And I, on my system, it said 13% of people picked Bluebeard. Really? Because I know for certain that only about 4% on my system picked Bluebeard and 36.7% picked no one. Wow. So so I picked uh, Faith's Pimp. Um, and I, I was just following the, the most logical chain at that point, which was that, okay, she did not collect any money from her experience with the woodsman. Uh, and so going back, her pimp would not be happy. Um, and it also, I think in a conversation with her, you find out that she's pretty new to this and she has not been there long. So as a result, um, I, I think that, uh, you know, her pimp would not take kindly to it and might just dispose of her, yeah. even though it would not make sense for him to just leave her head on the, on the porch. That, uh, it was, was still it. the most, you know, the, the one that felt the most logical, even though all the pieces weren't coming together. In like the three seconds where you have to decide like which one do you choose, which one do you choose, Mike, that thought process came to me right away. I'm like, 
it's the most like reasonable re- like person that we could suspect is him. But at the same time, I thought that it would be too easy. This is too easy of a person that would have been responsible for this. And then last minute, I said, uh, Bluebeard. <laughs> I just clicked on that one. <laughs> so from there, from the cab, you enter this bar. And when you enter the bar, there's two people in the bar. So um, there's the bartender. And then there's a gentleman who was outside of the office of business. Uh, he... He is in this bar. He is sitting. He is having a drink. Uh, and that's when you start to engage with the bartender. And I was very rude to the bartender immediately, kind of in character, Mo. This is like the this is the one situation when you walked in and you realize just in the basic conversation that they all like hate you because you're the police officer. You never do anything for the town. It's also part of the dialogue. They are expecting you to rough people up and like beat people up or whatever. So that was kind of fueling me. I'm not the same big bad wolf that blew down those houses, guys. I'm changed. I'm a good guy. Um, but also, they the way they're like talking as well, you can tell they just don't want you to be there, and they're giving you the wrong answer because you're asking, where's the woodsman? Where's the woodsman? And uh, he's somewhere in the place, but they're not telling you because they're like protecting their own like crew. Yeah, because you can see like there's a beer glass that's like just freshly emptied on the bar, and you're like, mm, what about this beer glass? <laughs> I guess you just don't like to do your dishes there, bar lady. It's It's half drunk. And then also, there's a photo of the woodsman pegged behind the bar. It's like, is he a regular around here? Not sure who you're talking about, <laughs> Mr. Bigby, Mr. Wolf. What, one, like, story-based point I want to bring up, too, is when... Uh, so, what, what do we call the guy with the, the eye, the other person that's sitting on the, the bar? Just, like, the, the monster dude? Uh, his name's Gren. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so- I'm not sure who he's supposed to be in, in fables or mythology. Yeah, me neither. But one of the things he brings up, because like to kind of explain to us the the player, like how much they hate the uh, B- Bigby, is they talk about like, hey, how come you're investigating this murder when you didn't investigate the bartender's sister's murder uh, when we reported it? And he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, exactly. Like we went to the office and they just they dismissed our case and didn't want to look into it. But now you're investigating this random one. How convenient because you know this person, kind of thing. So you can tell they just they're frustrated that. In their little world, they have a sheriff and, like, a system to report things, but no one cares about them, and that's why they don't care about the rest of the world themselves. I just want to mention it's Grendel from Beowulf. That's where where Gren is from. And I think it's really apt that we say that because once you hear a toilet flush and the woodsman walks out of the bathroom, that's when things go very south. Yeah, so you the guy kind of confronts you and is upset that you're going to be taking in the woodsman. This is Gren, right, that gets upset yeah. with you? because you talked to the woodsman and said, hey, man, it looks really bad. Like, you're the last person that saw Faith, and you beat her up, and she's dead now, and I have to take you in. And this is when that voice acting kicks in. I genuinely believe that the woodsman did not do it, just the way that he was surprised, because he, when you, he saw you, he wasn't scared. He's like, hey, man, like, do we have to fight again? Like, what's going on? Like, not expecting the topic you're going to bring up that whole, this person's dead. And when he finds out, he's in a panic. He's like, it wasn't me. I swear to you, like, we have our differences. We've fought him before, but this is something I did not knew. I'm a piece of crap. I'm not a, this big of a piece of crap, blah, blah, blah. But you as the sheriff, you're like, you're my biggest lead. Like, you're the one that's seen her last. And that's when the Gren guy is like, no, you, you gotta leave here. You're not gonna take him in. And you push him down on the ground. And he's like, oh, you're going to wish you didn't do that. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, I just like sneezed on you and you fell down. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> and that's when he transforms into like his true form without the glamour. And he's like a giant like shark monster demon thing that's like super strong and just 
handles you like you're a rag doll, throws you around. Because Bigby's like able to fight like with the Huntsman and other big people just in his human form. But when he's fighting this like monster, he it seemed like he had no chance whatsoever until the big bad wolf came. And you don't even go full big bad. No. You just start turning and the strength comes out and you know, you're you're able to to go really hard in the paint. Yeah, um, and and the coolest part is when like imagine Grendel's like ten feet tall, six feet wide, and you're just getting the crap beat out of you, and like Mike said, it's not until you see the claws come out and very like well done. you very hear well done. the claws and you're like on the floor and that's when you're like oh no he's turning into the big bad wolf one thing I want to throw in Mike you mentioned that he's not even full big bad wolf to me that was the most big bad wolf I've seen yet in the game so I was like oh man he's in his full form because the first time you've seen it it was just the eyes now they did that visual where you see his claws coming out and his face getting the big beard I was like he's in full mode this is full strength <laughs> eventually it gets spoiled to me in like the previews for the next episode you see a new form so, but to me, this was like, this is it. This is max level. He's going right. to like it's juggle 9, this guy. Exactly. Exactly. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what I thought. And <laughs> he takes the guy down. Um, Jacob. The bartender so, also transformed. I, I want to uh, mention that too, Mike. Holly, the bartender transforms as well. And she goes from this, you know, fairly attractive female bartender to a troll. Uh, <laughs> and she is ready to just tear you limb from limb. Uh, and speaking of tearing you limb from limb. Um, once you transform in, you know, partway into the big bad wolf and you start fighting Gren and you start, you know, winning, you're then faced with the decision. Do you rip his arm off? What did you guys decide? Bye bye arm. Oh, you're such a big hole. <laughs> I, I'm playing. I'm role playing. I'm a nice guy in that, real life. Yeah. Michael, I need to ask you a question. Am I Jacob McCourt, a nice person in real life? That is, yeah, most of the time, yep. Most of the time. Let me have my outlet. The arm is gone. <laughs> You're right. Okay, fine. You you have you have your outlet. You have yeah, your some outlet. people have jujitsu. Some people have kickboxing. Jacob has Telltale Games, The Wolf Among Us, and <laughs> people's arms off. <laughs> what did you guys do? Mo, what did you do? I know I, you're in the course, middle of us. I'm a good person. So as soon as he said he's had enough, I said, okay. I, I laid paws on the kid. Kid didn't want anymore, so I backed up and I stood up because once again, I didn't want to come to this fight. He brought it to me. I delivered, and now I'm moving away from the situation because I, I explained him what I could do. That's, I, I feel exactly the same way. Thank you, Mo. He stepped to me. I put him down. I did not need to end him. You know, um, but you didn't end him. You just no, like I took get one of his appendages. Look, 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 look. There's. The way that I see it is like the second you rip someone's arm off, that's a that's a burned bridge. There's no coming back from that. You're you're always going to be the guy who ripped their arm off. Yeah, but if exactly. You beat someone up. They will you beat never cross up, you again. <laughs> you're right. They'll never cross you again. But they're never going to help you. Yeah, but if <laughs> you defended yourself and like exactly. came out the victor, that's it. Like you're not in the wrong. Exactly. So I I just wanted to be in a position where like, hey, you came at me. I got to fight you. And uh, I think as as you see you're able to like mend bridges with the woodsman, right? Uh, even though you just got into a fight. Now, if you rip the woodsman's arm off, are you ever going to be able to sit there and have a beer with him? I think not. Nope. I don't <laughs> if think he has so. it with his left hand, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and I th- right after this like whole interaction in the sequence, you get the second like fork in the road decision you have to make. 
Tweedledee or Tweedledum, because they all look, they both look the same, walk <laughs> into the bar casually while this fight is ending and say, all right, I got $100 for anyone that can tell me anything about, and then all of a sudden, decision pops up. Do you go after him, or do you go after the hunts, the woodsman who's about to run out of the bar as well? And you have to choose which person you're going to pursue. Um, I'll go first, I guess. I went after Tweedledee, because to me, in my head, the, the woodsman wasn't in the wrong. I don't think he committed the crime, so he's the he's a smaller fruit and the big guy right here who's going to lead me to whoever the headmaster is in this entire situation. So I book it out, chase him, cuff him up, and chain him to the the fence or the the pole at the time. Uh, what did you guys do before we get to the last sequence? I did the exact same thing, Mo. I thought, okay, the woodsman is too nervous, too afraid. It would not make sense for him to just chill out at his regular bar if he had just murdered someone. Um, there, there's no no reason for it to be him. But this other guy who is very interested in the murder and very you know ends up popping up at the places that I'm going to try and investigate it. I'm sure that he has something to do with it. So I, I completely bought that logic. I'm in the same camp. I did the same thing. Jacob, can we make it a trifecta? We can make it a trifecta. But yeah, my buddy. logic was so different. I was oh, my logic fun, instead though. of being like, you know, the woodsman is innocent. I was like, I know where to find the woodsman if I need him. But Tweedledee, <laughs> he's a slippery dude, so I'm going to get That's him fair. now. That's that was fair, my thought. Yeah, though that's a fair logic, I guess, to make that decision too. Like he's a creature he's of habit. Yeah, and and one of the cool things, and I forget where it was, but I, I know in a talk a while ago with Telltale developers, one of their, uh, and again, I, I don't think I'm misrepresenting this, but what they try to get to on most decisions is like a fifty-fifty, right? Like it's they want fifty-fifty, so that like that's a really tough decision. And on my platform, it was fifty-fifty. Like the decision Tweedledee versus um, going after the woodsman, 50-50. Oh, let me see what my ours was, I guess. Um, it says, when it came down to the wire, you and 68.7% of players made sure Tweedledee didn't get away. Yeah. So it was, I guess, leaning towards Tweedledee for my playthrough. Um, um, there's one more thing that happens in this episode that I want to cover, Mo. This, this is one that caught me completely off guard. And because like this, this was only like a two-hour experience for episode one. But you kind of like believe the characters. A lot of good voice acting. The story is pretty cool too. Like I'm fully in, like invested into it because I played it in one go. So as for for me, as you or for all of us, I guess when you cuff up Tweedledee, you start seeing those police officers outside of your apartment. So you cuff him up to kind of leave him in one place, and you rush over to see like what this tape. There's a bunch of like uh, crime scene tapes surrounding the the, the unit. And the first thing I see was Beast walking up to the apartments. I'm like, oh man, maybe his like wife just, or maybe Beauty just got murdered, and like she's dead because he's here right now. And I probably caused it because I didn't tell him that she was gone. So in my head, I'm like, oh man, did I just cause someone to die? And then when you walk up to the staircases where Faith's head was there, you peek over, and literally, I was crushed. Snow White's head is sitting in front of your building. And she's the one that died. I'm like, this didn't need to go completely left, left with like side. I was expecting something else, and I saw the main character that you've been talking to the entire game completely taken away from you. Especially That's- when they they set it up to be Snow White is your romantic interest, the person that you're, you know, getting the closest to, trying to impress, that oh, you I have the even- closest relationship to. I didn't even get that. I thought it was just like your like co. Uh, your partner no they they make yeah. it pretty clear that like you have feelings for snow white and especially in some of your reactions to things you are incredibly pissed when it's snow white when it could be someone else and you're like yeah, what, yeah i mean things happen but when yeah, it's snow white you're like what the hell 
Yeah, there's this really like cute moment in the cab when you're driving back and when you like interrupt each other almost like a couple would where you're like no, you go first. And that that's a moment that melted my cold heart. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, these two. She didn't want to so, rip her arm off because she tried to talk over you. <laughs> yeah, no, Jacob, I, I would violent, never. I would never. Man. But yeah, immediately, so, what I thought was like, yeah, I'll find a new partner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think for me, that is, I think it was just the setup of when I saw uh, Beast, and then expecting that Beauty was going to be the not, not that Beauty being dead would be just as like, or sorry, would be a better situation. But it was just the fact that I was expecting that to happen, and all of a sudden they're like, "Nope, not the thing you're expecting." Yeah, here's the the, the co-protagonist completely taken out of the game now. They they definitely foreshadow early. Uh, or set up beauty to be in some trouble. So yeah, I totally see why you would think that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I think you do get some allusion to issue coming later because you get a preview for episode two at the end of episode one. Um, but that is episode one, gentlemen. Um, do you have any final thoughts about this episode? Um, no? I'll, oh yeah, I'll go first. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that um, if anyone didn't play the game and wasn't planning on playing the game because they thought it looked dumb or not their type of cup of tea. I was just like you until these guys convinced me to play it, and I am so happy I played it. I thought it was a really awesome experience. Story, gameplay, um, the pace. I think it was a very well-put-together game, and I'm glad I'm playing it. I'm excited to play Episode 2, 3, 4, and 5. Mike? You know, I, I would I would echo a lot of that in that I'm surprised I'm enjoying this as much as I am. I yeah. am just extra surprised that Moe's enjoying it, mostly because this is not a traditional video game. And, and the story elements and the way you interact with it, I think, is so well done that, that even Moe is on board with a game that, you know, is not far off from a walking simulator. Yeah, it's the same thing as, like, uh, with what, what Remains of Edith Finch. Like, they had a great story, but there's also some gameplay mechanics and some, like, decision-making that happens. So there's some kind of interaction with the game, and that, I think, overwhelmed the nece- necessity for having, like, a first-person shooter-style game, guns or weapons <laughs> or, uh, like, RPG-style games. It, it, it has the in- other intangibles that make a great game, even and it also has some kind of gameplay mechanics in, in it so it, it, it all comes together and i really liked it so baby's first telltale game is is working really well i'm happy yeah. to hear that i just want to make one comment in the uh in the beginning the woodsman gets his jaw broken um by the big bad wolf and as someone who had his jaw broken before let me tell you it's not pleasant so that's the only time in this whole experience that i felt sympathy for anyone but let me tell you in the next episodes there will be no sympathy i'm the big bad Ooh, wolf you are the one who knocks I am the one who knocks. Gentlemen, that's the the end of our first episode of The Wolf Among Us. Uh, but if we want to talk more about The Wolf Among Us, Mike, where would be a good place to do that? I just I don't know where I could. Help me out. Okay. You, you can go to leftbehindgameclub.com or leftbehindgame.club. There's a big fat button right in the middle and you click it and you join our Discord server where there are a ton of really cool, very smart people talking about a lot of fun, different games, Um, really good deals. Um, It's just, it's a bunch of really cool people. I'm really uh, excited to see what everyone's talking about each day, even if I don't always have the time to hop in and, and join the conversation myself. So Jacob, word on the street is we also have a Reddit account, correct? 
that is absolutely correct. So if you go to, it's an r slash left behind game club, but on there, we're kind of posting all our links. Uh, there's a few other links as well uh, related to the show that are kind of coming up. Uh, a friend of the show, MT Mazzo, uh, he posted a remix to Dire Dire Days that he was inspired to make because of us. Um, there's not a lot there right now, but it's somewhere I want to point you to. If you want to dump links related to the show, please feel free to do so. Again, that is reddit.com slash r slash left behind game club we're, we're gonna keep an eye on it but in the meantime jacob where can the people find you at they can find me on the internet at jacob mccourt or at jacobmccourt.com mo where can the people find you at you can find me at emmertotti everywhere on social media or emmertotti.com you can find me at ruffalo m on most social places online or michaelruffalo.com and that my friends is one less game left behind <laughs>